Friends, you're listening to the Talking Machine Hour here on WPPMLP in Philadelphia, Stereo 106.5 FM, and I'm your host, David Atlas. Back in the studio tonight with my friend Michael Buffalino here on Mic 3. Michael. Well, thank you for having me again. Thank you for coming back. It's good to have you back again. It's good to be back here again after a bit of a uh, pandemic hiatus of two years, give or take. Oh, a yes. couple nights. Oh, yes. <laughs> but man, um, yeah, so I'm going to get my sea legs back at the uh, at the mixer here. It's weird to be behind the board and behind the microphone again, but it's a thrill to be here with you this evening. Well, thank you. And I'm pretty excited about the records that we're about to hear because it's been a it's been a while since I sat around and just listened to listen to 78s for a couple of hours. Yes. So um, that first one was a great selection. It looks like a Paul Whiteman disc here. Yes, it is. That's a uh, what we call a Paul Whiteman potato head label on Columbia. Right, and that's my weakness now. It was a very popular song in uh, 1928. It's still my weakness. Was Happiness Boys? Who were those uh, vocalists? I would say it It was more than uh, the Rhythm Boys. It was... Oh, actually, no. It, it was the Rhythm Boys. Yep. Very, very nice. And it's so clear I could hear them enunciating their words better than I do. And uh, I heard the lyrics Bill and Coo, and I quickly tried to Google what 1920s slang was for <laughs> Bill. I don't know if I heard it correctly. Did, are you, do you uh, have any idea? No, no, no. Bill and Coo. I, th- I think that was just kind of, you know, su- uh, basically sweet nothings. Oh, okay. So it's like a part of the phrase. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sort of a whispering sweet nothings in your significant other's yeah. ear. Yeah. All right, well, I just learned yeah. something new. Yes. 
So that was a pretty uh, pretty dynamite set of Hotsy Totsy records there, Michael. So um, the last one sounded a little bit like uh, Cliff Edwards or uh, Ukulele Ike, sort of. It's funny you should mention that. Uh, it, it, it was not. It was uh, a vocalist by the name of Art Jarrett. And uh, that was uh, Ted Weems and his orchestra from September of 1928, recorded right over the river in Camden. Nice. And the title of that was If You Want the Rainbow. All right, and before that, we heard another uh, Paul Whiteman side, right? Yeah, Taint So, Baby, Taint So. And the vocalist on that one was, of course, Bing Crosby. Uh-huh. Early Bing. Yeah. Oh, yes. And what was at the top of that set? Ah, uh, yes, that was uh, Ted Weems and his orchestra again. That was uh, You're Just a Great Big Baby Doll. 
I bet you say that to all the boys. <laughs> oh, yes. And the vocalist on that was a man named Parker Gibbs, who I always, I actually think he sounds a lot like Cliff Edwards. How about that sound on that? What, what year was mm-hmm. it, 28? Yeah, uh, both uh, September, uh, September 4th, 1928. Oh, what a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish you could see the faces I made. I were, so Michael and I are both wearing masks in the studio as is protocol at this moment. Um, but unfortunately, he doesn't get to see all of the awful faces that I'm making underneath this mask because some of these records are so sweet and surprising. And honestly, this is all new to me. I'm flying blind with the, with the selections that Michael brought procured for this evening. And I was making duck face after duck face like I'm munching on Sour Patch Kids over here because that's some, that's some good stuff. Well, thank you so much. So uh, I can't wait to hear what else you got here. Okay. Let's dive in. All right.
vocal harmonies there. Yes, the vocalists on that were a group known as the Baltimore Trio. <laughs> yes, I. you know what? I think I might have them on a... This is a Victor record, but I, I know I've seen that name maybe on a different label. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, that was uh, Burt Lown and his orchestra. Okay. And uh, the song was Crying Myself to Sleep. For that uh, was a song called Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo," and that was Johnny Johnson and his orchestra. Uh. And that was from 1936. Okay Records. Right? Oriole, actually. Oh, Oriole, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that really, um, you know, one thing I'm noticing here with the watching the VU meters um, strum along with the songs is the amount of um, dynamic range. That's what dynamic I'm looking for, range. the dynamic range of these records, where they just go from very quiet to very loud, um, and there's a lot of that. You don't hear that in, in new recordings. They tend to be very flat in the sense that, you know, volume's kind of maxed out, um, mm-hmm. and they're much flatter, so good stuff. Yes, and the uh, first song of this set that we heard was uh, also from 1930, uh, You're the One I Care For, but with uh, Burt Lown and his orchestra, and uh, that was probably the most famous of the two recordings of his uh, on that side, which is why it was side A. Uh, that was recorded by Chick Bullock, Annette Hanshaw, and Josephine Baker. That's a, that's a significant lineup. That's nothing to shake a stick at, but yes. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll take the B-side any, any day, all sure. day. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that because that side, I actually researched this, it sold over 38,000 copies in 1930 in the depths of the Depression. Wow. Who's to say that people weren't buying it for the B-side? True, true. And it also helped that it was on a dime store label. Wait a minute. Are we talking about the Victor record here? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I that that was me. I'm sorry. I'm the fact-checking troll. Yes, in this. <laughs> yes, you are. No, and I've got the notes in front of me. I didn't. Oh, oh my goodness. Fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, apology denied. Let's keep rocking. All right. Um, You're listening to WPPMLP in Philadelphia, 106.5 FM. This is the Talking Machine Hour. I'm David Atlas here with my guest Michael Buffalino, spinning all shellac 78 RPM records. <laughs> Thank you. 
you were mine. I could be a ruler of kings, and if you were mine, I could do such wonderful things. I'd say to a star, stop where you are, light up my lover's way, and every star above you would obey. For your love alone, to kneel at your shrine, I would give up all that I own, yes, even my heart, even my life, I'd trade it all for you, and think I was lucky too, if you were
So that sounded like an electrical recording to me, Michael. It definitely was. <laughs> yeah, that little uh, chime out of the blue. Yeah, you could not do that with a uh, with the acoustical recordings. No, no, no. not like that. Not no. like they did right there with what I'm guessing would might be called Sweethearts on Parade. That was Sweethearts on Parade, and that was Guy Lombardo and his Royal ah. Canadians. <laughs> love, love me some Guy Lombardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the epitome of sweet music. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call sweet music. Yes. And uh, before that, we heard a decidedly different number. Uh, that was Paul Whiteman and his orchestra doing Smile from 1928. And man, that was a clean, beautiful copy of that. That that has to be, um, like, as far as condition goes, that's one of my best records. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. And that's Thank is you. that a later... Paul Whiteman on um, Victor? Or? No, I mean that's I mean well actually yes because he sw- he switched over to Columbia in 1928 so that was uh, probably the last year he recorded okay. for them. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And at the top of that set that was um, uh, that was if you were mine by Johnny Johnson and his orchestra. That and was really excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, I mean, we listened to another one from 36 before. This was the same year, but it shows just how different music was. You had some of the sweet bands continuing, and then you had more uh, swing sounds. Interesting. And that, mm-hmm. that one sounded like a Alfalfa doing the vocals. I really liked it. Possibly, yes. <laughs> it kind of started out a little mm-hmm. bit boring, and then Alfalfa takes, takes right, it away and, right. and grabs my attention immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. Love that. Well, uh, before we get on to more records, let's talk about the past four years since you've been on the show, apparently. Yes, it, it has been a while. I know. So uh, new record record acquisitions. I know you were talking about some Adamstown trips. Yes. Uh, some of those records came from Adamstown in a recent uh, trip a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe at least one or two of them might have came from my first uh, attendance of the Mechanical Musical Extravaganza in Wayne, New Jersey. Okay. And that was in 2019. Wow. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And yeah. uh, I, one or two of them, I, I actually, the, you, you wouldn't believe it, but I found um, the Sophie Tucker, Ted Lewis record, I found that in the Italian market on, 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 on 9th Street. Oh, yes. Uh, Molly's. Yes, Molly's Books and Records. Molly's Books and Records. 
Um, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're in Philly, there aren't any 78s there. Nothing to see there. Absolutely. Just keep on passing Don't by. Don't go there. Just look for the old cookbooks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to say, mm-hmm. personally, I burned out on 78s early on in the pandemic because I just went through all of my records and basically listened to everything mm-hmm. um, to kind of try to determine what should stay and what should be deaccessioned in a great purge. Uh, I think a lot of us did that with some of our possessions. And I burned out on 20s music for a good while. I just, you know, and, and even towards while doing that, I just like, you just listen to these these uh, recordings from the same period relentlessly, and they all start to sound very similar. Not that they don't, and not that I don't love the sound. But, oh, of course. Um, well, I mean, you could say the same about music today. That's true. If, if you go for a certain genre, it all sounds the same. Yeah, this is true. That's why I like to mix it up. Absolutely. You know. Just stick to the same couple of decades, but mix it up with it. Sure. There. Yeah, but I honestly, I don't think I've gotten a new 78 RPM record. Well, I think it's time you did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am lying in a way, because uh-huh. my uncle did give me some, some boxes of classical 78s, but I don't know if that really, it doesn't really count. Well, I mean, if, if it's a great recording by a great orchestra and conductor, then you, yeah. and you have it on the original format, that's, that's something spectacular. It is. I got to say, it does take a, a certain level of patience to listen to classical music mm-hmm. on 12-inch 78s, having to, flip, having to flip them over every three or four minutes, whatever it is. Absolutely, because, I mean, a Beethoven symphony can stretch out to about four discs. Right, uh, which is why I would really like one of those automatic Victrolas that automatically changes the sides. Oh, wouldn't we all? Like, a, I think a Victor 1050 is uh, the, one yep. the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, uh, my friend Nick Brown. Nick Brown, I'm talking to you out there in Radio Land. I want I want to hear that thing play sometime. I have never heard one in person. I've seen them, mm-hmm. but I haven't. Well, maybe I have once, but uh, but yeah, you got to get the special needles for those. We are changing the steel needles here with every disc. Uh, they are the they are the fine tapered needles um, that are as close to original Victor quality as we can get. You know, four years later, still just as nerdy. <laughs> Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> Very concerned about the sound quality of these. I, you know, I know that by today's standards, they're low fidelity, but uh, all things considered, they sound pretty great. Oh, I think they sound later. amazing. Yeah, and really, I mean, we're pushing 100 on a lot of these. Yeah, seriously. I mean, most of these records are in their 90s. Yeah. Thank you. 
Ah, so that was uh, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians. That's How I Feel About You from 1928. And uh, before that, uh, we heard Ted Lewis and his band uh, doing Bugle Call Rag. Yeah, and a super clean Columbia Vivatonal copy of that. Uh, right. Later, Ted Lewis, I guess. Yes. Um, and what's really interesting about Bugle Call Rag is uh, it was first introduced a few years earlier, but then it was later picked up in the swing era by Benny Goodman and the Mills Brothers. Right. So this is kind of a uh, in between. Absolutely. Cover. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't sound like the you know the OG Dixieland sort of version. No. No. I'm no. Familiar with. No. But leave it to Ted Lewis to you know be there first and make it cool before everyone else catches on, right? And of course he puts his own spin on it by introducing all that wonderful clarinet work. Yes, yep. I you know, I love Ted Lewis. I did a whole show of Ted Lewis records once many moons ago. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, it's on the podcast, which by the way, listeners out there, uh, in case you're not already familiar, in case you're listening in Radio Land, you can tune in to past previous recordings of the Talking Machine Hour, including at least two or maybe three episodes with Michael Buffalino playing records from his collection. Um you could find that anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the Talking Machine Hour or at my website, stereoatlas.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at DJ David Atlas. And, um, and I think it's almost time to, to flip this one over and, and call it a show. Um, speaking of Ted Lewis making things cool, everything that is old is new and cool again. Absolutely. This one was originally recorded uh, a few years earlier as well, right? Yes, this was first recorded on an Edison cylinder in 1911. And uh, what's interesting, it was the same uh, vocalist, but of course a different band. Someone that um, many people will be familiar with and many people won't. And honestly, I think that someone took Sophie Tucker's name. I don't know if you've heard about this, or maybe she just goes by Sophie, but... Well, that's interesting. I'm fairly certain... um, yeah, I got to look that one up. I got to fact check myself on that one. Yeah. Well, we'll circle back on that. But but, but, but what's really interesting is uh, when she first recorded, it was kind of at the beginning of her recording career, and this was co- the one we're going to be listening to from 1926 was obviously the more famous recording and kind of what I would like to think of as her prime. Um, you know, and she called herself the last of the Red Hot Mamas. And how. I love me some Sophie Tucker, and I'm talking about the OG Sophie Tucker. So, yes, I did fact check myself right there. And there is a new artist by the name of Sophie Tucker, spelled with an F and Ks uh, instead of uh, a CK for Tucker. Oh, my. Two Ks. Mm -hmm. Double K, single F, uh, Sophie with an I, Mm -hmm. and no E. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I I cannot uh, attest to the new... uh, the, the band or artist that has uh, disgracefully ripped off the name of a legend. but uh, Well, they better be good. Yeah, and it, have you watched the Sophie Tucker documentary yet? I have not. Damn it, Michael. I, I know I need to get on that, sorry. <laughs> you and everyone out there in Radio Land and Podcast Land, if you haven't watched it, there's a really cool Sophie Tucker documentary. It used to be on Amazon. I don't know if mm-hmm. it still is. It's worth, it's worth watching. Please, enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings us to the end of the episode. So, Michael... Thank you for thanks for swinging by and bringing the records out. Well, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure, and it's been a thrill to be back here in Radioland with you and with all our listeners out there. And I hope to uh, hope to be back here with you again very soon.
Did you know that mental illness claims more victims than any other disease? That's right. One American in every ten is suffering from some disabling mental or emotional disorder. Please join in the fight against mental illness. Support your mental health association. Thank you.
hands through silvery strands Cause I'm blue turning gray over you She didn't say where, she didn't say when, she didn't say why Or bid me goodbye, and I'm as blue as can be I know she loves another one, but she didn't say who She didn't say which, she didn't say what This fellow her guy that took my sweetie from me I'm like a little sheep and I can't sleep But I keep trying to forget My trifling baby's gone and left me all alone I groaned, my sweetie went away, but she didn't say where, she didn't say when, she didn't say why. I know that I'll die, why don't she hurry back home? <laughs> 